Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, Home Stretch here on Silver and Black Today. It's time to hear from all of you. It's time for the mailbag. Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up. Oh, yes, and speak up you always do. We never have to worry about Raider Nation telling us what they think, Mo. That's never a problem around here, is it? Absolutely not. <laughs> they tell me what they think every day on Twitter, either oh, in yes, the mentions, sir. the DMs. I, I, you know. Oh yeah. If they saw me on the street, they'd probably say, you know, hey Mo, I, I read your column. I, I agree or disagree with this. Or that. And apparently, as I shared with you yesterday, as we look at the data around our quote-unquote ratings or downloads, uh, we're very popular in New York City. It's crazy. It must be all about Midtown Mo. I'm just saying. I, I'm, it's I'm all females boy. from New York, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying it's, it's very interesting to see New York City in our top five of yes. uh, cities that download our podcast so shout out to everyone in new york city who's listening yes if you if you're a family member in new york city shout out to you <laughs> friends people i went to school with former teachers professors shout out to you for supporting the podcast i appreciate it yes that basketball coach you have at st john now <laughs> what's his name again oh, oh yeah man, I wish. oh yeah I that's wish. good hey let me tell you they'll be better that's for Hopefully. sure Okay. Uh, by the way, too, I also love that because Raider Nation is so vocal, when I make mistakes, which is all the time, um, they correct me. And, you know, sometimes that's where you, in social media we talk about how what a cesspool it is. But sometimes you make a mistake and people make a mistake and they get angry when people point it out. I actually appreciate it. I'm like, hey, you're right. Yeah, I screwed up. I didn't see Byron Young playing. I went to the stats. He wasn't in the stats. I said, well, he didn't play. And they don't do snap counts during the preseason. Usually, the NFL keeps snap counts. So you know how exactly how much somebody played. Uh, and so uh, one of our listeners corrected me. I was like, oh, you're right. I went back and he sent me video. <laughs> it's hard to deny the video. I just missed it for some reason. Because even though you watch a game, and of course, the second and third time I watch the game, of course, you see it there. Anyway, all right. We're going to get on to the mail. And we start off with one of our serial mailers. I don't mean to... 
make that sound like he's a creepy dude because he's not. He's a very cool dude. And um, that is Gary Harkin Reader, our, our, our loyal listener. And he, of course, everybody wants to talk about Aiden O'Connell. We just talked with Tom Deanhart, and thanks, thanks to him again for that great segment and getting some more insight there into, into the young man, to the Irish canon. I'm sticking with it. I know people call them super troopers and all that, but that just super sounds Super trooper? Goofy. Yeah, because it looks like the Shout out to Big Corey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big Corey, exactly. So, um, but anyway... Uh, so Gary always writes, and he was writing about Aiden O'Connell, but he's got a little interesting point. He says, okay, with all the Aiden O'Connell buzz, I thought I'd chip in with this. Brian Hoyer's role is to school O'Connell and Garbers. Gary, you had to mention Garbers. Anyway, the Raiders <laughs> are only going to keep two quarterbacks on the active roster. By the end of training camp, Hoyer retires and becomes a coach with the Raiders. O'Connell's number two, Garbers' is practice squad. Hoyer's retirement opens up a spot, spot which will be filled by defensive linemen. This will f- fulfill Dave Ziegler's statement that the Raiders will, quote, come, uh, the new Raiders will come in waves. I see you like to take notes during your show. He's talking to me. So please write this one down so you'll remember where you heard it first. There you go. Gary says Brian Hoyer will retire because Aiden O'Connell is going to do so well. Hey, it's possible, Mo. People in the chat on YouTube on Tuesday were like, settle down. He's not going anywhere. I said, no, no, no. This is about him being the number two, which is an important role when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. Right. It's not about, and I said this on the Silver and Black Blitz, that I want to see Aiden O'Connell play three quarters again against the Rams on Saturday because the only way he's going to be ready to possibly fill in for Jimmy Garoppolo if Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt is that he plays. He has to get those reps. Right. He has to get those snaps because that that's the issue with Trey Lance right now is that he simply hasn't played enough between his last year in college and to now. He's he's played, I believe he started in, in a handful of games. He had one game in the COVID year in 2020, played two games as a rookie, and you wonder why he looks so raw is because he hasn't had the reps. So Aiden O'Connell getting these valuable reps and snaps is important. No, he's not going to be the starter. That's what they signed Jimmy Garoppolo for. But as I've said a million times, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to miss three to four games at minimum. So your backup quarterback has to be ready to play. And to Gary's point, Gary Harkavita's point, I don't want to see Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is the teacher in that quarterback room. He, Correct. I don't think he's going to see the field. He may, if, if they feel Aiden O'Connell still needs more time to practice or more time to develop. But I doubt Brian Hoyer is going to be QB2 to start the season. I think it'll be Aiden O'Connell, assuming he continues to play pretty well in the preseason now his theory about brian hoyer retiring and opening up a spot for another defensive lineman is a theory that i've also heard on social media and i could see it happening because as i said brian hoyer is turning 30 years old in october now that's not old in you know real life years but in football years <laughs> 38 years old is it's ancient so yeah I, I, I just don't want to see brian hoyer on the field if the raiders have to go with the backup go with eight and o'connell and let him get his uh, let him get his reps because you don't know what he's going to be because as a, Kirk Cousins is a former fourth rounder, Dak Prescott is a former fourth rounder. They're outliers, of course. You don't have many fourth round stars in the league, but we don't know what Aiden O'Connell could be yet, and you you won't know that until he actually plays in real games. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but Gary, anyway, thank you so much for that. Gary also, by the way, donated some books. He sent me some old Raider books 
that were going to donate to Raider Dad so that they can auction them off, yeah. whatever they get for him. So thank you to Gary for that. I have not forwarded them to Josh out in Vegas yet. He sent them to me last year, but I just wanted to let Gary know and, and thank Gary on the air for what he's done there because that's pretty cool. Some really cool stuff. I'll, maybe I'll share them on a show so you guys can see what they are uh, so you can go bid on them when they're up for bidding. Uh, but thank Gar- you again, Gary. Gar- for Gary Harker Reed is already in the Hall of Fame of our he's, he's He, he is, is a listener Hall of Fame. There's no question. He, he, is, I mean, he is that dude when it comes to one he, of He's artists. on the Mount Rushmore already. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to a quick question for Mo. This is right to you. This Just right to him. It says, Mo. Who do you think is winning so far in the battle for the last outside cornerback position with Hobbs and Marcus Peters? That's from Rich in Sacramento. By the way, you can hear me twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays in Sacramento on ESPN 1320 with D'Lo and KC talking Raiders football. And I'm sure Rich, that's maybe, he says he's a new listener. So that's good. Thanks for being with us, Rich. Mo, the question, outside spot. So, Rich, uh, Marcus Peters and Nahobs did not play in the first preseason game, so everything that all the competition is basically at practice, which we are not at practice. But I will say this, based on the reports, Nate Hobbs is probably going to be the starting slot cornerback. So what it what you're what you're looking at is Marcus Peters on one end on the boundary and Jacorian Bennett, Duke Shelley, David Long Jr. Uh, Brandon Faison, one of those guys are going to be the other outside cornerback. Because while Nate Hobbs did say that he'll line up wherever the Raiders want him to line up, Vic Tafe had a report saying that he does prefer to play in the slot. And I mm-hmm. think if he's battling with Tyler Hall for the slot position, I think experience is going to win out there because we all saw what Nate Hobbs can do in the slot and his, as a rookie. I think he goes back to that spot where he played well, and they open up a boundary spot, assuming Jacorian Bennett continues to show out this offseason. Or maybe they go with a veteran like Brendan Faison who has experience and played with the Raiders two years ago under Gus Bradley in a different system. But I think you're going to have Marcus Peters and one of those guys. Nate Hobbs will be in the slot simply because it's, it's, I'm hoping it's Ja'Korian Bennett. To be honest yeah. with you, I'm hoping it's yep. Ja'Korian Bennett and Marcus Peters because those are the two guys that are going to go after the football. Because as I've said, the Raiders have struggled in forcing turnovers. Ja'Korian Bennett, from what we've heard from camp, is beginning after the football. And we know Marcus Peters' track history as a ball hawk. Yeah. And, and Vinny talked about it, Mo, during the show. And that was, he believes Ja'Korian Bennett's got the inside track already. It's early, yes, but he really believes that's what's going to happen. I told him we talk, we're, we're the Ja'Korian Bennett PR machine here on Silver and Black today. So if you want to call us homers, you can call us homers for him. But anyway, so he talked about that. And he talked about how deep that room is now with Hall, with those guys back there, the fact that they actually have some good depth now and the fact that you have a rookie coming in who's probably going to start there on that other outside position is amazing because then if something happens, if he struggles at times, if he goes down, whatever, because there is attrition in the NFL, then you're going to feel much better. He felt like, you know, six, seven guys deep in that defensive backfield. It hasn't been that way in a long, long time for this Raiders organization. You mentioned depth, and I'll say this on, on a kind of a, a sour note. I'm kind of worried about our guy, Meek Robertson. I don't know if he's going to make the roster with all that competition and depth. I'm not saying I'm doubting him because I it's just a tough room. But it, as you said, there's just there's just a lot of bodies in that room and, and a lot of young guys. And if Jacorian Bennett is showing out early, if he's a starter, it pushes everyone else back one spot on the depth chart. And it makes you think, is, is Amik Robinson going to be the final last 2020 draft pick to get the axe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Can, he can be assigned to the practice squad if they want to keep yeah. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, they can. So, but it's, it's a good problem to have, right, Mo, which is 
it, it sucks to say goodbye. I had a fan say this to me the other day on Twitter. It's like, yeah, it's going to be terrible because I like so many of these young guys, but I know they're all not going to make it. That happens every year, right? And so mm-hmm. you're going to see that, and that's a good sign. That means you have good players in there. You're not out signing people off the street at the last minute. You have good depth, so that's a good one. But thank you, Rich, and Sacramento, for that uh, question. We appreciate it. We move on to my man, Manny. He is my dude, and I'll tell you why. When you, when you hear the email, Mo, you'll understand. He's, this one's to you again, not to me, though. But he's still my guy. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mo, give Zemir White a few more weeks before you judge him. (laughs) He wasn't overly great against the whiners. He calls them the whiners. But I think he has what it takes to be a starter in the league. Shout out to Scott and thanks for the great shows during the summer from both of you to get us to the season. That's Manny in Los Angeles. Mo has been so down on Zemir White. I want to be clear about my <laughs> analysis on Zamir White's preseason performance. All I'm saying is, is Zamir White wasn't terrible, but he wasn't spectacular either. Correct. He was just okay. He was just okay. I agree. And that's that. not a criticism. I don't think not that's a criticism. And I, I said so. this. I, I said this on Twitter X that when a team has a great performance, I think a lot of people fall into the trap of, oh, every everybody was great, everything was great, and it's hard to point at certain areas where guys could be better or things could improve because everyone's caught on. Okay. The overall performance is great. So that means everyone was great. And I'm, and I was just saying that Zamir white just, he was, while the Raiders were great overall, he was not great. He was just okay. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, I want to see more from him and, and I'm not judging him. He had a year last year where he barely touched the field because Josh Jacobs ran wild, but I'm just, (laughs) I'm, I just haven't seen, evidence that he could be that guy you want to give 15 carries to yet i'm not seeing it especially at 3.3 yards per carry i know he had some backups on his offensive line i understand that damian williams was had the longest run of for the raiders running backs in that preseason game at 14 yards zamir white had nine there's a play that a lot of people are criticizing i'm not going to crush him for this because it was just one play but he was one-on-one with jr brown the rookie safety of the 49ers couldn't break the tackle went down before the goal line a lot of people saying well josh jacobs would have scored that I'm not going to hold Zemir White to the Josh Jacobs standard because Josh Correct. Jacobs is one of the premier running backs in this league. So it's unfair to compare Zemir White to Josh Jacobs. But what I am saying is that if he's the guy that's going to go down off a one-on-one tackle, you might want another finisher in your backfield. You might want to add another running back who maybe is a stronger finisher near the goal line, who may yeah. be a better pass catcher out of the backfield. That's all I'm saying is that Zemir White wasn't bad. He just he wasn't spectacular either. He didn't wow me. No, and I think the point you brought up to me when we talked about it in the postgame show, and I agree with you on this one, I just thought he was efficient at times. The first drive was great, but but you're right. You have to be able to get some yards after the care, after the hit, after the tackle, um, or contact, excuse me. There, I got it right. Yards after contact, yak. Um, but at the same time, I agree. You need to, for example, against the Rams, I want to see him over four yards a carry. On average, like to me, the breaking point there, it has to be over four. 
You can't be at 3.8. You can't be at 3.3. You got to be over four. It's just the way it is. If you're going to be a starting running back, and I don't think he will be. I I have 90% confidence Josh Jacobs will be there week one. But if you want Zamir White to develop into one of those guys, but Mo, it goes back to the system too, though, which is we saw what they did in New England. I think they're going to do the same thing here. I don't know that you'll have, once Josh Jacobs goes, whenever that is, if it's next year or the year after, whatever, um, I don't think you'll see a Josh Jacobs in the Raiders organization. I think you'll see the running back by committee. You'll see a guy have a flash for a year or two, and you'll have two or three guys that run the ball. I, people might not like that because they love Josh Jacobs with good reason, but I think that's what we're on the precipice of. I think that's what we're going to see in the future. So two things on the silver and black blitz. I said, Zamir White, I want to see more from him. The Rams gave up 214 yards rushing to the Chargers in the first preseason game. No Aaron Donald on the field. The Chargers ran up and down the field on the Rams. And as we all know, the Chargers have struggled to run the ball with consistency. So I want to see more than 3.3 yards per carry for Zamir White on Saturday against the Rams. The other thing to your point is I think we're gonna be we're gonna see a running back by committee this year, whether Josh Jacobs is back or not. Yeah. And if you're if you're looking at Zamir White and to the Zamir White, you know, question, if you're looking at Zamir White as the eventual successor for Josh Jacobs, when or if he eventually moves on, then he he has to be more efficient with his carries. Because if you're getting 12 to 15 carries, you should be getting over 50 at, at least over 50 yards of rushing with that. Yeah. And if yeah. they don't see that from him, as you said earlier in the first segment, they're going to have to draft the running back. Yeah, no, they will have to. And and we'll see. They may, I, depending what happens, in, especially, the, I think this is a big week at the running back position. If Zamir White doesn't overly impress again, then you might see them sign somebody off the street too, just a, a veteran that can come in and, and you can count on for some carries because you still don't know what's going to happen with Josh. Like, even if they have every indication, and like I said, I believe he'll be there week one, you still need to make alternate plans just in case. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but you're right about that Rams defense without their starters. It should be a nice night to run the football uh, for Zamir White, Abdullah, and um, and the rest of the running back room. So we'll see how it goes uh, when it happens out. Go ahead, Mo. And the other thing is, I, I don't want to pick on, I want to sound like I'm picking on Zamir White because the Raiders, as a team, average 3.4 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Their running backs, their ball carriers as a team. So that includes, you know, Sincere McCormick and, and Damian Williams and Amir Abdullah. Maybe if, if Zamir White isn't overly impressive, maybe we see more Sincere McCormick who scored two touchdowns, one rushing, one, one pass catching against the 49ers. We'll see how it shakes out. But I'm, I'll be interested to see more efficiency against the Rams on the ground and who gets a lion's share of the carries. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we thank you for your question as always, guys. Uh, that's Manny in Los Angeles. Thanks for the joke there. Of course, we're just chiding Mo a little bit on that one so all good um well that wraps up the mailbag mo we, we had some more there were little repeat we'll get to your questions next week as well uh but we certainly appreciate you guys uh, listening to the show and uh coming up mo i know um you are you still doing are you doing your your bleacher report live after the game despite the late hour on the east coast yeah, they have me up uh, burning the midnight oil after the Raiders-Rams game. Right after that game, I'm going live around midnight Eastern time. Of course, it'll be like 9 p.m. for the West Coasters. But I'll, I'll be live. But if I am if, if I finish early like I did uh, after the first preseason game, I'll hop on with you and maybe Murph if he's still on and just give my thoughts on the aftermath of that game. 
That sounds good. We, we, we would love to have you, but we also know you're going to be doing that. And yes, it will be a late night. These damn 6 p.m. preseason starts. Come on, Los Angeles. Really? You couldn't do it in the afternoon, 3 o'clock on a Saturday, maybe? But anyway, no respect that's okay. For the East Coast. No respect no, for the East Coast. No. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But uh, what else you got coming up from a writing perspective that people need to look out for here the rest of the week into the weekend? Actually, I'll be covering, well, this has nothing to do with Raiders, but I'll be covering Friday preseason games. I'm sure Raiders fans don't care about that because Raiders don't play on Friday. <laughs> but I, I'll also have a depth chart. I'll have my first depth chart. I know the Athletic released their depth chart this week. I'm going to have a depth chart after the Rams game of who I think is going to make the final 50-man roster. A lot of people have asked me questions about how many quarterbacks we're going to keep, how many offensive linemen, how many defensive backs. I'll answer all those questions with the depth chart that I release. After the game, I'll also have another silver and black blitz, probably, especially if I'm not on the post game with Scott Branson and, and Murph. I'm definitely going to have a silver and black blitz, just giving my thoughts. Not going to be too critical of anyone because people get sensitive about Zemir <laughs> White and people like that. But I'll get I'll definitely give my honest thoughts about what I thought about the game and, and players performances. Nice. There you go. So do that. Um, also, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I usually say that early in the show, but if you don't already subscribe and this is the first time listening or watching up on YouTube, subscribe on the audio side. Even if you don't listen to the audio, just do us the favor of subscribing and putting on our download that helps us with our ratings, our downloads. It's, it's good for us. So please, and we would appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription, hit the notifications bell. That's the most important thing. That way you know when the, the video comes up. And also, we go live after all the games now, too. We had some technical difficulties that are all worked out now. It's preseason. Just like Zamir White, we had to get past that four yards of carry. For us, it was just audio. <laughs> and some video distribution issues, but but we got there. We'll get there, so it'll be better. So yeah, join myself and Murph, and if Mo can pop in, he will towards the back end of the show once he's done with Bleacher Report. Make sure you check out Mo's Bleacher Report show as well right after the game too, and follow him on Twitter, Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-U-N. I am at LV Gully. Also, we will have uh, the show. If you miss the post-game show because you're out on that Saturday night after the game, you can hear it pretty much in its entirety on Sunday on The Bet in Las Vegas. Of course, that's our radio station in Las Vegas uh, where we have our show every Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Yes, the prime slot we have, 5 a.m. <laughs> that's because all the betting content starts at 6, so you can't do everything's betting after 6 a.m. So that's where it is, but you can catch us there on the bet. Mo, as always, my man, I appreciate a great show with Tom. Uh, Dean Hart, we'd like to thank him again for coming on. Great to deep dive a little bit on Aiden O'Connell. Absolutely. We got to continue to push the Irish cannon. If you're listening <laughs> to the show, please, if you don't want to call him ALC for political reasons, call him the Irish cannon. Hopefully it sticks. All right. Uh, for our producer, Mike Robbie, for my partner, Mo Moten, I am Scott Cobrans, and this has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Take care, everybody.